Cause we got the alternative energy right. molecular free autonomy And welcome to the Radioactive Show Produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne And heard nationally on the Community Radio Network Hello, we'd like to start by acknowledging that the Radioactive Show is brought to you from Wurundjeri Country here in the studios of 3CR and we want to acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded and give our respects to Elders past, present and future. Hello, so I'm Emma Crunch and joined this morning by Michaela bringing you news from the Disrupt Land Forces gathering that's been taking place all week in Mianjin. So today's show we're joined by two guests who have both been in Mianjin this past week and um, really excited to hear updates from them about the anti-military industrial complex organising actions, everything that's been going down. First of all, we'll speak to Arnie Sue Coleman-Hasseldean, a Kukatha woman who we, of course, have spoken to many times over the year, staunch anti-nuclear activist, co-president of the Australian Nuclear Free Alliance, and we'll be speaking with Arnie Sue shortly, followed by Miriam Torzillo, who's an organiser up um, in the region of Mianjin, I think uh, from Lismore, and she's uh, involved in a lot of peace and anti-military organising uh, among other things, she was uh, one of the founders of a group called Teachers for Peace. Fantastic. Well, first up, we're going to chat with Annie Sue, and she's back in Sejuna, but just returned freshly from Disrupt Land Forces. Annie Sue, how are you going? I'm still here. They haven't got rid of me yet. Fantastic. And tell us your impressions from attending Disrupt Land Forces. First up, those people that organised that that rally, they were absolutely wonderful. They knew exactly what they were doing. They, you know, they, they couldn't have done it better. There was a couple of arrests, but nothing major and no major violence happened, which was good. I was afraid of that. But um, I learnt a lot from them too. I mean, I never even heard of Thales or whatever their name is, Thales, until I found out about them starting to join forces with Southern Launch on my country. And they're, they're responsible for um, guide, uh, targeted missiles, right? So what are they going to target on my country? There's plenty for them to wreck out there. Mm. Um, it was really good to be able to go and speak in front of sales, sales office and buildings but, of course, nobody came out to talk to me when I asked. I offered to speak face-to-face. Nobody wanted to look me in the eye. And, honestly, there was another fellow from Uindamun, an elder. He was absolutely wonderful. He really wanted to get across that the police guns are not the way to go on, on communities. And then there was the West Papuans. They were fantastic, you know, really... Really, in their struggles, getting people to listen, and you know, I know we're talking a lot to the converted, but I reckon some stuff had to sink through those big heads that were passing by us. Mm. You know, they, they wouldn't look anybody in the eye; they just kept walking straight ahead like zombies. 
but there were some kids there, and they were wonderful little kids. You know, just outlined that this is their future too. I don't know if anybody took any notice of them either, but we certainly did. Yeah, I think that's so important because we're really seeing a real focus now on moving the military interests into space and Southern Launch, a company created in 2017, uh, are all about enabling this kind of technology to happen and this new partnership with Thales that uh, they announced in June this year really, I guess, cements their work into that that military field and we were just having a little bit of a look at some of the information provided by the Global Network Against Weapons and Nuclear Power in Space and they were talking about how in yeah 2020 the total government expenditure for space programs was 82.5 billion and it's projected to be over 1 trillion by 2040 and that space is becoming really important for commercial, political and military interests. So I think looking to the future of the kind of things that young people will be facing, it's uh, it's so important to take action in this sphere now. Yeah, it is because, you know, we can't leave our kids the legacy of space wars and, you know, just straight out damage from nuclear fallout or anything. We've got to try and protect them and the animals. Um, the mind boggles. You sort of just finish fighting one fight and then they throw up another one. But the money that the government is spending on, on these weapons of mass destruction, that could have gone into helping the hospital system as well instead of making it worse for them when people get injured. You know, that money could have gone into education, into housing. And, and made life a lot better for the people instead of worrying them about what's what's coming next. Is you know is Russia going to bomb us or China or Korea? And you know don't bank bank on America. I don't reckon anyway. America will always look after America first. We're just secondary people to them, and yet we come under their umbrella. So you know what is going to happen if we don't stand up and fight and just let things happen? Our kids are going to have no future. No life. They'll just be a mob of zombies like the mob that was walking in and out of that exhibition hall. Mm. They were like zombies, like they had no feelings. They were just sheep. Well, no, don't insult the sheep. Um, <laughs> they, they, they were just walking along like they're doing what they're told, not thinking for themselves. Mm. People must stop and think and think, of, you know, like I, like I kept telling them, if you can't think of my kids, think of your own. Mm. And... Ani Sue, I know that, of course, you've been involved in the AMFA network since its formation, the Australian Nuclear Free Alliance, and you've always spoken about how important it is to connect with other people on the ground fighting the nuclear chain. And how, um, what do you think after having gone to disrupt land forces and um, probably met some more of the anti-military network, does it feel heartening that there is a growing opposition to all of this it, it is actually and it's so great that the the you know the non-aboriginals the aboriginals the papua new guineas all the different races of the world can come together to fight this but 
we're the small people. We're fighting people like, well, government-backed Defence Force, government-backed Thales, government-backed Southern Launch. We're fighting people like that, so therefore we're fighting our own government, which really shouldn't be. They should be there for the people, not not all this expenditure and and waste that's going into into weapons of mass destruction. We've got big fights on our hand with powerful people, people that don't care about the future. They're just caring about their stupid little profits right now. Hmm. And, you know, if, if there's no world, nothing left in this world to buy, what the heck is their money going to do then? Hmm. You know, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's all about money, of course, money and power. So it's all about greed. And we have to all suffer because of a few people who want everything and give nothing in return. And yet it seems also the the insidious and sneaky thing about these companies is that they disguise what they're doing and they promote themselves as being about, you know, things like innovation or and I know they've they've done some education programs with young people, it sounds like, around your country and in South Australia, which yeah, is just so sickening because when we really consider the work that they're doing, it's um mm-hmm. so different to how they make themselves out to be. Have you have you experienced those companies on the ground? Like were they are they getting out to schools and things in your area and talking to people, like selling their lies? I can only tell you what I've read in the newspapers because these companies will not speak to the common grassroots people. All they do is speak to CEOs and board members and native title people. They will not come at, come and ask us what we think as you know First Nations grassroots people. Mm. Um, how dare that bloke from Southern Launch portray himself as such a caring person playing with paper rockets, paper planes with little kids that never. You know, that's using that little kid to get across that he's such a nice guy and that little kid doesn't realise that he's setting him up for failure in the future anyway. You know, and destroying country. Where's that little kid going to go when the country's destroyed? He's going to grow up with nothing too. But no, they, they've got no right to use kids in schools to portray themselves as being the really nice, helpful, thoughtful people that they're not. Mm. But yeah. everything I learn about them, Michaela, is what I get secondhand because not one of them, not even the Kniba Council, native title has not spoken. None of them will talk face-to-face. And like I said, sailors never even bothered to... All, the, all they want is somebody to say yes and then they don't give a damn about the rest of the people. They've got someone, some Aboriginal person that's opened the doors for them. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. Then that feeds into that whole divide and rule tactics that these companies and the governments use to keep pushing ahead with these destructive projects that are not in the interests of the people. They're not in the interests of the people. They're definitely not in the interests of the animals who can't speak for themselves. They're just lying, greedy people. (laughs) 
I suppose we have to call them people. Can't call, no, we can call them things. Lying, greedy things. Yeah. So just to return to the actions of, of last week and I know one of the focus of the work that you did there was speaking out outside Talia's as part of the weapons manufacturers tour on Thursday. Who else spoke out about Talia's and what else did you learn about what they're up to? I, I learned what they were up to, but there wasn't a lot of speakers on it, but the, the organisers knew all about them. Um, not, not, not a lot of people spoke up against them, but everybody was in agreement with what was being said. And I guess it just opened opened it up for discussion too, I suppose. Like, why are these people coming onto my country? This is what I asked them in front of their office. Why are you coming on to, to want to destroy my country? Why do you want to take my kids' future away from them? You know, why do you want to kill my animals? But, of course, we've got no answer to any of that. Mm. So we, I, I need to chase them up a bit more, actually, because... <sighs> Well, if maybe, maybe just maybe they might want protect their um their their um uh, their looks, whatever you want to call it. Maybe they want to protect interests. themselves yeah. like that. Yeah, make themselves look good. Maybe they'll pull out. You know, mm. that would be such a, a such a great thing if sailors pulled out. But then we've still got the um defence force there too. Mm. That's the thing, isn't it? It's not just these companies like Taylor's. Um, it's also backed by government money. So, yeah, it's it's a big. It is a big battle, as you say, um, and with many heads. And I guess hopefully, Anisu, um, coming you know coming home from that gathering, it's just um, hopefully that network will be there going forward, and will definitely be. Um, interested to keep following this on the radioactive show and um, hear from you know what comes out of this latest disrupt land forces gathering and making sure that that isolation um, of just being having such a big struggle but being all in different places all across the country that we can stick together and keep building that the momentum of that resistance yes we desperately need to um, stick together Absolutely, because not one group of people like the Aboriginals cannot win the fight without the help of their brothers and sisters, you know, from all over the world, really. Mm. And we have got that, the group that organised that Disrupt Land Forces were absolutely amazing. You know, my hat, I take my hat off to them. They were fantastic. Wonderful to hear. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. And, yeah, we look forward to catching up with you again soon. Yeah. And now I've got to go out bush and keep an eye on country. Yeah. Good work. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Yeah. Bye. That was... Sue Coleman-Hasseldoon and uh, she was joining us from her country, Gugothamula lands at Sajuna Way. And we're going to go now to a song by Dreaming Now, Get Back to the Land.
be nobody expected Cultures torn apart from many intense pressures Destructive misdirection from election to election We need transformation to address it But how we gonna heal if the people's disconnected? How we gonna heal if our mother's disrespected? So much information, facts so rejected Neglect the willful ignorance yelling at truth is not accepted Reject it while society fall apart into depression As sacredness of land is waiting for all to be connected See it so sacred From the coast forest to desert From thousands years ago into the present To everywhere we step in We step upon a blessing Whilst I hear the land singing ancestors Gardens never left us Back to the land, dear Lord No question, living unconditional love With each breath here that track was Get Back to the Land by Dreaming Now and featuring Emily Waramara. You're tuned to the Radioactive Show, broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. 
Now we have Miriam Tozillo joining us to talk about an action at Boeing at Disrupt Land Forces. Welcome to the Radioactive Show. Good morning. And so it's obviously been a big week um, in Mianjin this week, Miriam, and could you uh, give us a bit of a snapshot of some of the significant actions this week and the um, networking perhaps and connections that have been made? Uh, it's it's huge. It's it, it's been huge. This this wonderful uh, coalition of people that 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 is disrupt land forces have been doing an amazing job this week of of disrupting this war machine, and and that's our purpose. And uh, we have really raised the bar here, forced this, uh, forced the state to do. Uh, so much more to try and protect us. the arrangements that are in place. Uh, and, and our idea is to be creative with that disruption. Uh, our space was constrained this year, but we went into all the surrounding spaces. It's creative and, 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 and wonderful range of different actions and tactics. Uh, with, with a really intergenerational um, crew. Yep. Sounds really incredible and significant. The action at Boeing, we're interested in that issue, the connections with Boeing and the Indonesian uh, military and government, and of course the West Papuan resistance to that supported by other activists that disrupt land forces. Could you, could you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so, th- so this action comes after a number of actions that we've been taking at Boeing, uh, at Boeing uh, around Brisbane, at the factory, at the offices, and also at the uh, new Boeing Institute at University of Queensland. And um, the connection for us is, is, is the weapons and the, and the helicopters and uh, made by Boeing and which are being used currently in West Papua uh, by the Indonesian um, army to take Indonesian army into the uh, into West Papua, into the villages and the highlands of West Papua, to push out the people uh, to enforce further extraction, extraction and the building of another mega mine. Mm. Uh, so the night before we did that action, in fact. We watched the, the film Shadow World again, and I, I was reminded of the role that Boeing has played in this in this privatisation of the war machine that's happened since the Second World War. In particular, uh, that, that, that they are makers of nuclear weapons, which a lot of people aren't aware of. So um, myself and Christine Vanna Westaway decided that we as grandmothers would be the ones to climb up onto the building and we did two things up there we, we, we spoke and we hung, hung our banner but we also placed on the facing in on the windows of the offices of Boeing photographs of West Papua and the way that they've been killed by weapons made by Boeing and also listing the weapons 
the extraordinary range of weapons and devices that are made by Boeing. And after we left and the police left, those photos remained so that the people inside that building will be faced with those until they work out a way to take them down. Um, and the other thing that we know about and we became aware of uh, is the extent to which Boeing is infiltrating uh, the schools, not just the universities, but the schools. Uh, in particular, in the STEM schools of excellence in Brisbane and in the Hunter region of New South Wales. And that's disturbing for me as a teacher, an ex-teacher. Uh, and, and, and this is part of STEM working. Mm. So... Yeah, um, thanks, Miriam. And just horrific um, how those weapons are being used um, and really important for those connections to be made. And also, yes, to expose the stem washing that you describe. And I know we've spoken previously on the Radioactive Show and we're really just speaking to Arnie Sue Coleman Hassadine, who's also talking about some of the stem washing of the companies in South Australia about the mm-hmm. rocket launching there. So really important to keep on top mm-hmm. of what's the organising looking like going forward. It sounds like it's been a really strong event and hopefully people attending will be taking home, you know, the message and resources mm-hmm. and ideas of where to go next. Is there yes. a sense of that that you could share with our listeners? I, I, I think because for us an event like this is, 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 is full of learning as well for us as activists and for us as a, a you know as this coalition um and the different ways that we might disrupt and the different ways that we might might take action uh it, it's an opportunity for people to learn in embodied ways about what that means and i've seen it through this week people grow and take on new ideas and, and take on new ways to use their bodies and their voices to get into that space. Mm. And, and and that's something that we can, obviously we need massive, there'll be a massive debriefing and evaluation that we will do. But, but uh, at the moment, uh, this learning and people are learning about this war machine and the connection to to the fossil fuel industries and, 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 and learning not just about ways of disrupting but informing themselves mm. of what's actually going on and that, that strengthens us. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, I mean, we're just um, we're wrapping up but thank you so much and we will share some resources for everyone to follow on with as well and um, yeah. we'll certainly back, be back in contact with you shortly. Thanks for yeah, joining yeah. us. Thanks so much for your support. Cheers. And that was Miriam Tozillo reporting back from Disrupt Land Forces. For more information, you can go to disruptlandforces.org and to find links and audio from all the 3CR coverage across the last couple of weeks, go to 3cr.org.au forward slash disruptlandforces2022. 
To listen back to this and previous episodes of The Radioactive Show, you can find our podcast at 3cr.org.au forward slash radioactive. Thanks to the Nuclear Free Collective at Friends of the Earth Melbourne for their financial support and to the Community Radio Network for getting the show out to community radio stations across the continent. Thank you for listening and tune in again next week for more news and views on nuclear peace and energy issues. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.